What did you put on the ship? Just as the Federation ignited our civil war, when the Protostar comes into contact with the Starfleet vessel, our weapon will release a signal that corrupt their systems, turning their ships against each other until the entire Alliance is reduced to nothing. Our ship will destroy Starfleet? This ship is part of our destiny. Starfleet will welcome its return with open arms, and it will tear itself apart from within. In time, you will understand. Once Starfleet falls to ruin, we can return to Solon, where we belong. Our dreams of going to Starfleet, if we go, we will... Destroy them, yes. We can't go. We can never go. You can't trade one tragedy for another. You need to talk to Starfleet, not destroy them. The Proto-Drive is online. Time for talk is over. Welcome everybody to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts and with me is Johnson, our co-host. Hello, Johnson. I mean, our being Deep Space Pride's co-host. Sure. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I am good. Yeah, you're um, you're a little um, cheery today. I, I took today off and uh, we just got back a little while ago from a couple of margaritas. So, mm. uh, yes, I am feeling relaxed. And, and Dennis is on the couch, passed out. Correct. Yes. Which you guessed in almost one guess. That's, this is, that, but that's usually the case. He doesn't have very high tolerance. Yeah. Tequila and him do not mix. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, you know, most, you know, I would say that he is allergic to tequila. Basically. Yeah, I wonder what it is about tequila specifically. I think that's interesting. The only, yeah, yeah. He can drink glasses and glasses and glasses of wine and be fine. Oh, that is so funny. Okay. But have a margarita and then, yes, it's all downhill from there. So he's napping uh, on the couch. Hamish is napping on the floor. And I am Aww. recording this podcast. So there we go. There we are. How's Hamish doing? Is he being destructive still? No. So, uh, you know, that's something I'm worried about. So I, you know, took as much away from his general vicinity as I could in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, as we left him for, I would say, 90 minutes. I think we left at 530-ish. Mm-hmm. We came back at 7. And there was no destruction. So thankfully. Okay. Uh, there was, you know, excitement at seeing us. There was no excited pee, which I'm also really oh, happy thank God. about. Yes. So he didn't, u- he didn't urinate everywhere. He did not urinate everywhere. So, okay. yeah. so, you know, 90 minutes seems to be a good amount of time 
to leave him at the moment. So we'll see how that goes. And while we were at, you know, so we're supposed to be out, you know, it's a a date, semi date, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Just a you know, time away. And uh, of course, what do we talk about while we're out? Hamish. So we set him up for a dog walker tomorrow. We're both home. I mean, I'm working from home. He's Dennis is off, but we used WAG. And so we're going to see how this works out with, um, with uh, a dog walker. Okay. So, uh, as we prepare for two weeks from now, when I will be in New Orleans with some kids on a service trip, and right. you all will be in, well, you all have come back from LA, but Dennis will be working and Hamish will be home alone. So, right. Right. This is sort of a dog walking test that we wanted to do. We're going to do Well, a you're, few- you're going to put him in a kennel, right, for a few days. Well, you're in LA and I'm in New Orleans. Yes, uh-huh. correct. So there's that, but also, so that's, you know, then we know, you know, he's taken care of while we're in, you know, in a kennel, but uh, while Dennis is working and I'm away, that's yeah. a whole nother thing. So, uh, so we want to do it a couple of times, several times while we're both around. Okay. To see how, you know, to, you know, it's, it's hard to let someone give, you know, give someone access to your house and pick up your dog and, oh yeah totally um, you know, take them for a walk and bring them back. And so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what's going on here and anything going exciting going on in your neck of the woods. Um, yeah, well, I will talk about it. I I've been on a couple of dates. Oh, with- okay. Cool. guy and yeah. it's been good you know just not you know we're we're still it's still very early we're still learning about each other it's still in the early stages but so yeah. far so good yeah just the guy i met on bumble good. he's he's very sweet he's he's more introvert than me i i i am an introvert i'm an introvert right yes i am an introvert uh, but it depends on the situation yes. he's a little <laughs> more quiet than me which i was not expecting but right you know, uh, that that's sometimes the way it is. Sometimes people are just not the way you think they might be. And yeah, we're getting along. So yeah, it's still very early. So yeah, yeah. So it's well, nice. Yeah. Good. But good. um, but yeah, we have our third date tomorrow. Excellent. And then we're talking about a fourth date, which maybe this weekend we'll see. That's great. Well, so. there before even the third date, you're talking about the fourth date. So that's exciting. Yeah, you know, we're trying to like because we've been doing like mostly, and I, you know, I, I haven't dated enough to really push the envelope when it comes to activities and things like that. So we've this will be the third, you know, the third date will be dinner again. So we right another dinner, which is fine. Yeah. But I was also like, oh, should we like change it up next time? Should we do something? a little bit different so it's not just dinner all the time which again i'm not complaining about but it is nice to have some variation so we might do a movie or go to a museum or something like that so tbd great yeah that's awesome very cool so, so yeah uh yeah no that's good let's add to some variety to things and how things have been going work is fine work has been fine checking along there is a podcast at work now like that's run by some people and they had actually asked me for some tidbits and things like that i'm not running the podcast i i was like i i'm not interested <laughs> but 
I will be, they, they do have basically a rotating sea of guests. So I will be one of the guests, I think in the next two weeks or something. So, awesome. Oh, exciting. Well, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I mean, it's a very different podcast. It's about marketing, obviously. <laughs> so I'm trying to think about what we are going to discuss. I think it needs to tie into... The thing is, like, marketing speak, and sometimes it's very boring. It's, like, fine, but it, you know, after a while, it all kind of sounds the same. So I'm trying to think of how I can put a Johnson spin on the podcast. So we'll have to see. I, I'm recently getting off my high from Emily in Paris. I watched both seasons of Emily in Paris in two days. And oh for those, it was incredible. It was like 10 hours, five, like five hours and five hours, like within two days. Incredible. That's a strong word for... It was, you know, sometimes when you put your mind to something, you can just accomplish anything. And this was one of those instances where I was able to do what I wanted because I had the will, you know? <laughs> it was great. But for those listeners that aren't And familiar, we're talking about watching a Netflix show. Yeah, well... For hey, 10 hours. I, I consider it an accomplishment. But okay. Emily in Paris is about this girl from Chicago who works in marketing. And that was like a trigger. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> trigger, trigger. Yeah, she, she does a lot of social media and influence on marketing. Oh, oh my God. And she basically gets invited to Paris because they need someone in Paris that's from America to kind of provide the American point of view in marketing, which makes sense. And then a lot, there's a lot of, not to get into this off topic thing, but there's a lot of, she goes over there, the Parisians are like, who's this American girl who's like illiterate and doesn't know any French and a lot of it is very kind of Devil Wears Prada, where she needs to prove herself, and they eventually accept her, things like that. And I was like, I'm literally, I've been talking about Emily in Paris for like two weeks. And <laughs> yes, you have. Oh and gosh. I, and I was, and now it's made it into our podcast. I know, it's made it into our podcast. But I was talking to some people at work, and. I was like, do we have a Paris office? And they're like, yes. And I was like, I need to go over there and win everyone over with my charming personality, just like Emily in Paris. And they were like, it could be called Johnson in Paris. And I'm like, I'm ready. So <laughs> that's great. But in any case, uh, I think that there might be something where I am going to weave Emily in Paris into this podcast episode. Since it is, you know, I'm the featured guest and they kind of want to suss out what I want to talk about. So I might take Emily in Paris and because they do, they do do a lot of marketing on the show um, to kind of see, oh, like, is this realistic? Like, you know, what did they do? Is it based on something that we would actually do as an agency? Things like that. I, I feel there's something there so that, you know, it's putting my spin on it. Since Very I'm, cool. I'm, that's, I'm, that's awesome. I am the guest star. So. Well, very cool. So yes, that's what's going on at work. So yeah, we're chugging along. It's fine. There's this podcast. I'm like, sure. At least I'll sound good because I do have a professional microphone. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I heard a friend do a podcast and I was, and it was very echoey. And I was like, Well, that's oh. happened to me before. What? That's happened to you before. It has. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking, oh man, I need to, we need to get him a better setup. 
Right. Um, for sure. So yeah, uh, I definitely think, uh, yeah, I'm going to, and it's someone who I is a friend of mine, very close friend of mine, but I just haven't, we haven't connected in a while. He moved to Miami and, uh, Actually, I'm thinking about going to Miami in March just to get away. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Maybe? I mean, yeah. Yes, it will be fun. Absolutely. Uh, I've never been. It's just kind of timing it, right? Because I know we have uh, my nephews are in a school play that I want to go see. Oh, okay. Uh, So there's that. And then... There's Chicago, Mission Chicago, right? Right, which we have not. We have not yet. done any zero planning for, but we are going. But I was listening to this other podcast that they were talking about it, and they were like, why are there only like six stars that have been secured for Mission Chicago? Well, and so internally, we've talked about it on the Trek Geeks podcast network, right? And there are supposed to be more guests announced. Uh, so hopefully we will hear something about that with maybe post- well. Oh, George. Post the okay. discovery, uh, post the discovery, and you know, mid-season introduction. Maybe, maybe we'll see something about that. Um, so who knows? But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I'm hoping to fit that in in a weekend uh, between going to see my nephew's play and Chicago. Yeah. Okay. And then we're talking about going away either late. April or early May for a weekend. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Asia. No, 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 no. Asia is summertime. Uh, and it really depends on how uh, how the Philippines specifically uh, right. is dealing with uh, quarantine. And well, I know we talked about going to Paris. Right, we did. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about going to Paris, uh, which I'd be like Emily. Well, yeah, I'd be game for that as a, you know, and we're talking about as a friend group. So there are four. Right. Of us. This is a friend group. Yeah. There, there are four of us um, who are, would go to this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we have to figure out that and figure, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. So there's travel in the future. Thank God. Cause mm-hmm. I, let me tell you, today has been so great. I know you've been I, kind of drained. So yeah, it was. Nice. I, I needed today. I needed a day where I just mentally took off. The only thing I regret is that I did not turn off my notifications. I turned off my Slack notifications, but I did not turn off my Outlook notifications until till this morning. Uh, so, um, so I did have some Outlook notifications that I had to ignore. Fortunately, there wasn't anything that I couldn't ignore. Um, which is good, but uh, I do like to. I mean, in the past, for longer vacations, I've deleted Outlook from my phone completely. Oh, right. I can't believe you do that. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Like, it would be such a disaster if I did that because we have so much two factor authentication in place. It'd be such a pain to get it back on the phone. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think this works just fine. I think it's a temptation because. On my phone screen, I have my mail, my personal mail, my Gmail, and then Outlook all in like one row. So I kind of go bloop, 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 you know, tap, mm-hmm. tap, tap. So that's also why I sort of got have gotten rid of it for longer vacations. Like for Hawaii, I definitely out- deleted Outlook from my phone. Uh, Hawaii and Napa, because we're always gone for two weeks. So yes, of course, right. that makes better no, that's sense. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so... So yeah, so other than that, but there wasn't anything I really needed to pay attention to. It was all fine. Uh, and I went right in and turned off my notifications after I saw that this morning when I woke up. 
kind of later than normal, like around 10 ish. So that's great. Um, yeah. So, you know, getting away is super critical and important to mm-hmm. one's health. And uh, Holy. yeah. So it was, you know, it was 16 days since I had had a day where I really didn't think about work for any significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I still need to learn how to kind of like not play through scenarios from work in my head when I'm not working. I think that happens to all of us, though. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I if I could figure out the secret, I could sell it and become a billionaire and yeah. and not work anymore, have the problem anymore. But right. Uh, yeah, so today was a really nice day to, to take a break. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're recharged a little bit. That's great. Yeah. Back to it tomorrow. And then Back the weekend's here. Tomorrow. And then, yeah, you know, my Fridays are usually a shorter day, which is totally fine. And yeah, so, so yeah, so we'll, we'll get through Friday, you know, Thursday and Friday. We can do this. Yes, I think that you will be able to make it. Yes. Time. Yeah. And and truly take a Saturday off as well. So that'll be nice. Uh, but anyway, there we go. So, well, let's, uh, I don't, there's not a lot of news. There's no, no news. There's really no news. Uh, I mean, well, there was a lot of news in our last episode or two. So. Right. Yeah. There, But there's nothing significant new right now. Uh, I think a lot of people are talking about Prodigy, the finale, obviously, which is what we're going to talk about. Right. Uh, There is the, uh, you know, the only other news that I saw was that, you know, the Hero Collection is releasing the Vancouver from Lower Decks in April, I want to say. So that's news. I don't know when they're releasing or if they've even released yet already the... um, the Cerritos or even the Titan yet, which I think they're doing in XL sizes, which on the are, hero collection. Yeah, what? I think I think. They're, oh, is that fan, the fan sets? Big, like... No, 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 not the fan sets. The uh, the models, like my Enterprise model, I also have the Eagle Moss. Eagle Moss slash Hero Collector. Yeah, it's a, okay. it's, it's it's sort of who you know. What do you call it in either country? They're they're essentially the same thing. Okay. The Starship collections that are available. Yes, okay. I think I think you're right. You're right. There are available through Eagle Moss in the U.S., but I think their company in the U.K. is called Hero Collector. So, oh, okay. Well, that's um, so they're releasing the Vancouver, which you'll re- remember is from the finale or the penultimate episode of season two of Lower Decks. I can't Vancouver. remember which. Vancouver is uh, Sonia, Captain Sonia. Oh, Gomez. that's a finale. That's a finale, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, the latest ship, but I can't remember if they've re- released the Cerritos. I mean, the the XL size is way too big for anything that I could display. And, and you know, I love the Cerritos, but it's not my favorite ship ever. And then they, you know, they have a XL version of the Titan they're releasing. So anyway that's coming up but that's really all the news i really saw this week uh obviously the big news today which i sent you and you finally watched as i was as we were this is a preview it's a preview it's this you know second half of discovery preview uh which i think we've seen before but it was yeah i feel most of it 
is from stuff we've already seen. So it was a nice reminder of what we're going into. And of course, uh, which is really exciting, all of our queer stars from Star Trek Discovery are on uh, Collector Series Out Magazine covers Mm -hmm. this month. So we have uh, obviously Wilson Cruz, Mm -hmm. uh, Blue Del Barrio, Ian Alexander, Wilson, uh, Wilson, um, Anthony Rapp, Mary Wiseman and Tig Notaro. So, and Emily Coots. Yeah, I was going to say. Don't forget our favorite, dear Emily Coots. Uh, those are out. They look phenomenal. Uh, there, you know, I think it's, it's really great to see queer representation, Mm. uh, in Star Trek, but it's also great to see it in mainstream media, uh, in magazines. So I think that that's really exciting. Um, and as we were talking before we get on, there's this picture of Wilson with a side profile looking next to anthony rap and looks unrecognizable unrecognizable oh my gosh uh i could not i did not recognize him at all i did not either and uh, i had to sort of zoom in almost i i think i was like who is this person i don't know him (laughs) uh, no i did the same thing i was like who is this and then i read the caption i was like what like it was wilson cruz's post so he mentioned anthony rap by name and i was like what that's anthony rap that's anthony yeah i had it i did like this double take so yeah i mean anthony is a handsome man but uh you know well, yeah are different he looks so different you know so, so he looks great he looks great don't get me wrong he looks awesome amazing phenomenal like i could go Got on it, and on yeah. uh but yeah so yeah there's this one picture that you know it just you don't recognize anthony rap at all and i'm like wow yeah wow so kudos for everyone i mean i've seen all the shoot all the pictures from emily's photo shoot she looks amazing i would love to have her on here she's a she's more of an independent filmmaker so she's there mm-hmm. i think she's working on an independent film at this right now oh cool um you know wilson is going on the star trek cruise which I don't know if we've tied. I guess we've talked. Oh, we talked about briefly. Of... I think we were both surprised that it was happening. Yeah, definitely surprised, and definitely not our comfort level for you know events uh, uh, that you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I, I. You know, I've been on cruise before. It's a very fun. It can be a very fun time, but it's also very mm-hmm. claustrophobic and right uh you know hearing about so you know i don't know if you remember this but i remember the ship i i think it was stuck in miami or fort lauderdale that when COVID started yeah when COVID started yeah no i think stuck at sea for like months well there was there was definitely one stuck in either miami or fort lauderdale and there was also one stuck in japan as well i think like these cruise ships like off board yeah they would not and can you imagine gosh uh you know at the early days of covid being stuck on a on a ship yeah. that was you know filled with this Is it a floating prison at that point yes essentially a fo- floating prison with, with a deadly buffets. disease with on maybe with, with buffets but with de- a deadly disease on you know right. like at that time deadly disease because it was you know 
effectively not non-treatable and you just kind of had to survive it and so I think those early stories really turned me off to any sort of cruise. I mean, even the cruise that I went on, I felt slightly claustrophobic about, you know, it's sure. just, uh, it's, it's a small space and, uh, you know, it's, it's essentially a New York, a, a typical New York studio apartment <laughs> on a boat, uh, you know, so. So, yeah, so, you know, kudos to Wilson for going and for um, who else is I think quite a few people are going, actually. Yeah, quite a few people are going. Um, Not Mary Wiseman, but um, Mary Chifo is going. Mm -hmm. She's been a huge spokesperson for uh, for that. Also, another queer member of the Discovery cast. So that's exciting. Uh, You know, what I think we're. I think we'll also hear more about queer cast members from, uh, not from Picard, from Strange New Worlds, but I, uh, you know, that's you know something sure. in the future to look look towards. Uh, but you know, great, great for them getting on the, you know, great for out putting these queer actors on the cover of, right. you know, queer out actors, you know, actors who are visibly and you know vocally out. Uh, on their cover so kudos to all of them we would love to have Mm -hmm. any one of them or all of them on this podcast (laughs) so if you know definitely necessary if you know any of them and would like to connect us that would be wonderful what oh my god uh sure you know anyway so that is the news yes we covered it why don't we get into Star Trek Prodigy mid-season finale at this mid- point. Mid-season, we're finally at the mid-season. We're finally at the mid-season. Uh, and according to to use your your term from previously, we're sort of qu- a quarter of the way through because based on that article that you sent me from Trek Movie, uh, they obviously they got 20 episodes for the first season, but they've also been additionally uh, given another season twenty two. season right. two, so they have forty episodes to build out these characters and their arcs over. Yeah, it's so we are at the end of we are at the end of the first quarter of episodes for Star Trek Prodigy and this yeah. journey with these characters, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into a moral star part, part two. two. These voyages have left an indelible mark on this crew new worlds, sought new life and new civilizations, all to gain a little understanding of our greater galaxy, the potential of our greater selves. And they've learned they will always be stronger together. Gwyn! The Diviner referred to Gwyn as his progeny, an offspring. But that word says nothing about who she is, nor what she's capable of. In fact, you could look at any of these kids, I mean, crew, and dismiss them at first glance. Where to, Captain? It's time we return their ship. Set a course for Starfleet. Is everything okay? Everything's fine, Captain. Let's go to Starfleet. Each of them has exceptional qualities. 
that they've only just begun to discover. Each of them a prodigy in the making. So once again, I think, and you recognize that I saw it, and you, you asked me if I saw it before, but this is written by the whole writer's room. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously part one was, why wouldn't part two be written by the whole writer's room? Uh, what are your opening thoughts on A Moral Star Part Two, Johnson? Yeah, I really liked it. I think that the first quarter of the episode, maybe the first five to eight minutes were very action oriented because they were, it was all about them on Tazlamora while the, the pro star is returning and there's just a lot of action. And yeah, I mean, there are some, you know, like conveniences, like how Dow figured out how to plug the universal translator. That's, that's a very like starfully engineer thing. It's like, it's like, problem solving but it's also like magical like you know he turned all the security bracelets into universal translators all right sure like I, I don't know how he does that with like you know not much engineering skill but sure why not it was nice to see the all the miners communicate with each other did you catch that moment when there was potentially like a same sex like thing going on but it was like very brief and it was very it was like a little bit kind of swept under the rug a little unclear i don't know if you remember that i do definitely i enjoyed that i thought it was very obvious that you know so then dad was like just just and he like pushed them away he was like yeah, i was like here. now's not the time but great for you like yeah. i totally accept you you're wonderful <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny and get to the rev 12 please obviously they're not going to go on to the um you know that particular soapbox i think for prodigy but i thought that that was a nice little easter egg and yeah no i mean it was i mean it was fine it was like you know the first the first half i think was fine where it was kind of the the miners taking over the ship and the crew trying to get back into the pro star i think where things really picked up for me though is when we start to get into the the background of the diviner and why he's doing this in the first place. I did not expect him to be a time traveler. That was, I didn't expect him to, I, I knew the protostar would be kind of like in this timey whiny state, but I didn't expect the diviner to be from the future. That was, that was uh, unexpected for me. And it was this whole premise now where essentially the protostar is this trojan horse i was like "Ooh, that's a very interesting premise um and a great way to drag out the show forever and ever <laughs> like you know and it was interesting to kind of see that kind of get flushed out the story between the diviner and gwyn and then how i i thought it was interesting how they you know at the end like it was zero that kind of guess saves the day or like you know he he puts an end to the diviner's plans at least for now i feel there's still a lot of unanswered questions for sure like how does a pro star get to toss them in the first place like you know we have no idea so i'm kind of interested to see how that is going to get answered now that we've kind of moved on from 
Tarthamora and also from the Diviner story, at least for now. So I thought that was, I thought that was great. I, I really like that whole, st- the whole setup of now, you know, the pro star can't go back to Starfleet. At least we know, the audience knows, Gwen doesn't remember. So I, 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 I thought that was very interesting. We still don't know where Jakota is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to dive into that in the next 10 episodes, but definitely the biggest scream I'm screaming moment is at the very end where it's, it's almost like a post-credit scene where you see Vice Admiral Janeway on the Dauntless go after the protostar. I think that's great. That was definitely the highlight for me because I did not expect that to happen and that was I think a great setup for the second half of season one so what do you think yeah I thought uh I'm intrigued about the mystery of Chakotay for sure and uh that was great we haven't gotten much of that we haven't no we haven't many clues Uh, I'm surprised that that hasn't been more of a priority for hologram Janeway actually but you know, well, she was rewritten to forget things, right? Right. So, no, but I'm surprised we haven't gotten like more, like, you know, research, like investigation. Into right. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was great. I, you know, I didn't until I read the article realize that the ship that the Vice Admiral Janeway is on is a Dauntless, but it looked super like the Dauntless from the Voyager episode, and and the explanation from. Uh, I forget his name, but from that article mm-hmm. uh, that, they, you know, there's obviously been time to kind of take all the information that Voyager brought back from the Delta Quadrant and put it into put it into active, uh, you know, development, such as the ships like the Dauntless and whatnot. So right. um, so I was like, that man, that look does look like the Dauntless, but that's not the Dauntless. And actually, I thought at first, like, Oh, she's on the Prometheus, but then when you finally get the nacelle configuration, you're like, no, nope, that's not the nacelle. No, it's a very odd nacelle configuration. Yeah, so it's it's the it's the Dauntless configuration. The bridge reminded me of the of the Prometheus, Prometheus. for sure. Yeah, which is why I thought that uh, until you see the external configuration. So uh, I think I had that in my mind, and I didn't actually catch it, and I didn't pause it quickly enough to see what the NCC number and no, it was like, September. and it was also going to warp, so it was also kind of distended a little bit. So it wasn't yeah, really so uh, and and I don't know if we said this already, but both of us have only watched this episode once, so right, you know, some yeah. details may be vague to our memory, et cetera, et cetera. But right. so I thought that was you know an interesting way to end that and to see Vice Admiral Janeway and the ship looking out for and trying to find the protostar. So. Right. Uh, that is uh, that is good, which still leads me to think: How long has the protostar been gone for? We yeah. don't know. I feel uh, the yeah. timeline's very fuzzy. Yeah, the, the timeline the problem. is. Yeah, the the timeline is a little fuzzy there, but you know, it's a kids' show, so you know, no one but us adults are thinking about the timeline. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some kids are kind of curious too. But we did learn from the article at Track Movie that. It is, this happens a year before the attacks on Mars. Right. I thought that was interesting. So 2384. So uh, 
So that's the year that this show is taking place in. Right. Um, At least right now. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Sure. So I thought that was, you know, that was good context for you to send me that article and read that and have that information. Yeah. Uh, That was really, really good. Uh, But yeah, I thought, you know, I I enjoy this episode. I actually did want to go back and watch it, just didn't have time. Mm -hmm. I know that's a funny thing to say on a day off, but. You know, I didn't. Well, you had other things to watch. I did have other things to watch. And, you know, Star Wars. I was in a Star Wars mood. Yes. The last the last 24 hours is in a bit of a Star Wars mood. Yeah. Which is fine. So. um, So, yeah, I I enjoyed the episode. I thought that the, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting that Zero was sort of the. I would say the hero of the day by opening up their casing and looking at the diviner. Uh, And I thought it was interesting that the reflection of zero Mm -hmm. in Dal's combat to uh, Gwyn was also kind of interesting and kind of sort of convenient, but is that really enough? Uh, well, that's why she only lost some of her memory and yeah. just go crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so that's interesting. Obviously, we get to see the end of Dreadnought. We get to see. Yeah, uh, Dreadnought. I don't care about the Diviner. I, I feel is going to come back, like because even the way that Janeway kind of put it in her log was a little bit like, oh, he's like, you know he's been stopped for now or something. I was like, what? I don't right. But that. they left him on Tars Lamora. Right. right. I was like, okay, that's yeah. Convenient. So he's kind of mad on that, that planet or whatever. But I feel like the thing is, you know, they got John Noble for this. I feel that. Yeah. We'll do see. more with him. I don't know. Yeah. yeah they know. could. Uh, but we know his plan and we know that there's something in the proto star that could affect Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. I think the whole idea that basically what happened to Solom is first contact gone wrong, I think is very interesting because I feel that we haven't, we, 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 we have gotten that. Like we have, we have definitely gotten first contact missions gone awry, but this I think would be the first time where a civilization has destroyed itself because of first contact. I think I do think that's kind of interesting. Well, and so I, I, you know, I watched cause there was a clip on Instagram of this, the, that explanation again, and uh, he doesn't blame Starfleet. So he, he does. No, what do you mean? So No, he doesn't. So from the scene and it was just a minute scene or whatever he, you know, and I listened intently because I wanted to hear how he, um, how he explained it to Gwyn, but he said that Starfleet came and then various factions. Right. So it's sort of like the match that lit the fire. But then he also said that the Federation, I mean, because of the prime directive didn't do anything and just let them kind of destroy each other. Yeah. So, so there is that I think he's just like, you know, I, I don't think it's completely unjust unjustified but obviously it's taken to like another level right yeah i think i think blaming yeah i think blaming starfleet for this is perhaps over over indulgent 
versus, you know, um, you know, there is some, you know, there's got to be some personal responsibility, some special, some civilization responsibility for the situation, you know. Well, his rationale is that basically if the Federation never made contact, then Solom and the Taurus, whatever. The Solom would would be fine, supposedly, which, you know, I think, you know, whether Starfleet was the match or something else was the match that lit the fire. Sure. You know, I mean, it could have been the Borg that came and then lit the map. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, but in this case, all he has to go on is that, you know, the, the Federation was the one that interfered and it caused yeah, this rift. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, so I, I do think that that was interesting. Yeah, I think it was yeah. interesting. I mean, I think it was, you know, I, I think, you know, I hope we do some deep dive into that a little bit just to kind of differentiate what um what would be happening you know what mm-hmm. what you know i think what happened truly happened and the effects of it are you know worth a study you know i think there could be some interesting um lessons in there you know mm-hmm. both for for the you know for the crew but also just for the kids who are watching this as well and adults and adults as well i think that you know because an external event um starts a fire or lights a match or whatever does not mean or brings the match does not mean that the the fire wouldn't have started and um sure but that's speculative you know it's hard to say like we yeah 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 i i think i you know i think ultimately you know blaming blaming something external is is the easy way out and say, right. saying saying you know what this this actually was an internal problem that was our problem all along and should have been handled by us in the first place and we didn't mm-hmm. you know it's our fault you know i think that there's that piece of the puzzle that i think needs mm-hmm. to be explained that we need to take personal responsibility for our situations and right. if our people are going against one another that's not because starfleet came and visited or the federation came and visited that's because our people went against each other right right you know in the first place so i think that there's there's some lessons in there to um to kind of uh to kind of think about so i think it would be a good study in in ethics and uh and responsibility for for kids to kind of explore but I, I don't know that. Well, we'll I do that. think that the diviner. So the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, you can debate all you want, but at the end of the day, the diviner is trying to save his species, right? So the yes. most immediate thing that he can prevent is first contact. So it is very extreme. <laughs> he he wants to try basically another civilization to do that, right? But he is just kind of you know he he's going after the immediate threat in which in his mind would be Starfleet. Yeah, and he's angry about the condition, you know, the situation. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think seeing the crew come together at the end, how they, you know, how they took out the shields in a way that they could beam over one at a time. And Mm -hmm. Dal kind of took the lead on this. And then the others came over afterwards. I I thought that was all really well done. And I really enjoyed that the crew kind of came together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that Gwen kind of figures out what's 
what the protostar is and where it can kind of solve that, that problem. I, I don't I, I don't know if I got distracted or something. I don't quite understand why they left all the miners on Tars Lamora. I know that they kind of gave them Tars, you know, they, they gave the miners Tars Lamora to basically commandeer. But no, they gave them the Rev 12. They're, the, they're on the Rev 12. Rev 12, sorry. Yes, I'm complaining Tars Lamora with the Rev 12. I mean, they, they gave them the, the ship or whatever. Yeah, right. But I'm not quite sure why they didn't invite them to go with them on the protostar. That was a little bit odd to me. Hmm. And I'm also kind of like, do these miners know how to pilot this ship? You know, the Ref Pro, like they don't have engineers. I mean, they're all miners. They don't have engineers. Well, they're all, they're all species and things that we don't know. They were forced to be miners, but we don't know. Right. What but I mean, it's highly likely that many of them are kind of just randos. Like, you know, it could be. It's like, yeah. I just, and I don't think they have like a hologram training program to kind of guide them through things like the ProSor crew does. So I, I just think that they were kind of, kind of, you know, it's interesting, but I feel they were kind of just left there which is fine and i feel in in fiction it's like oh yeah they'll be they'll be okay they'll be fine but i, I question in reality how fine they would be if this was a real situation yeah i think that they you know i think they're figuring out who knows what now that they you know i think they'll figure it out now that they have translators and can speak to one another they'll figure out what everyone's skills are skill sets are and figure out how to run yeah, it's, so, just, it's a little dubious to me, but it's fine. It's a cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's a kid's cartoon. Yeah, I yeah. think I think uh, I think it'll be all be fine. So yeah, so we now have uh, the crew back together. Gwen without her memory, although she has this sort of fore- foreboding that something's wrong, but doesn't doesn't know what it is, doesn't right. remember. So mm-hmm. you know, off we go uh, into the future and. Uh, yeah, I, I really thought this was a really nice cap to this half of the first season. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, we're still left with a lot of unanswered questions, but I thought that they did a good job. I mean, it was a 10-episode arc. It worked. Yeah, and and I also think that for for most kids who are watching this, this would seem like a full season of adventure. Yeah, I, I think that, honestly, I think that Prodigy and Lower Decks does this sometimes too, where it's shocking how much they fit into like 23 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. It's so yeah. crazy how much plot and character development they can fit in such a short amount of time. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, ag- agreed, agreed. But overall, a really great episode. I think a really great first half uh, of Yeah, very, season. very strong. I, and I stand by what I said last week, which was I, I do think that maybe out of like, you know, most, if not all, of the first seasons that we gotten, this is one of the strongest. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I agree. It's definitely a strong first season, and uh, it's it's a good first half of the first season, and we'll see more of it in 2022 at some point yeah, to, some to point. be determined. But uh, kudos to the Hageman brothers and all the writers for a really great first half of Prodigy. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, there we go. Uh, a nice addition, I think, to the Star Trek 
lore and to the plethora of shows that we have oh my god in development and uh part of the 52 weeks of star trek definitely so great well uh that about does it for prodigy uh I should probably mention our amazing sponsors, Fansets. Yeah, do it. What what are they? What's coming out on Fansets? So the latest pins from Fansets are a Captain Burnham uh, season four micro pin. Okay. In her red uniform, looks great. We also have an Osira pin as well, and uh, don't forget about that Star Trek. Klingon emblem magnet or pin, which would be great for those of you who love to dress up as or cosplay Klingons. So it's a great addition. And Fansets makes the highest quality pins and uh, puts a lot of work into these great pins. As you know, you can't see behind me and some are in front of me, but some great pins all around and we really love yes. Fansets and we are thankful for their sponsorship of the Trek Geeks podcast network and for Deep Space Pride and because of that as a listener of Deep Space Pride you can go to fansets.com put a bunch of pins in your cart if you spend $30 or more what <laughs> what Watching you while Why doing laughing? this is hilarious if you spend more than $30, you will get free shipping in the U.S. And if you use the code DSPRIDE, all one word, you will get 10% off that order. And we want to thank Fansets, Lou, John, and the entire team of Fansets for being the sponsors of Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. There we go. Cool. Well, you guys can also reach us on social media and on email. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. And you can also reach us via email at deepspacepride at gmail.com. Cool. There we go. I think that does it for this week's episode. And I we'll be talking so. about, we're going to go back to Discovery next, which is exciting. Yeah. Tomorrow we've got the Discovery second half premiere and uh, books on the run with that bully of an asshole that I can't stand, uh, please find an airlock to throw him out of. <laughs> and so uh, uh, Michael is in a difficult position, you know? Mm -hmm. She's got directive from the president to wrap this up and mm -hmm. to stop them. I have and a question. Yes. Do you think they'll be crying? <laughs> rhetorical it's a rhetorical, rhetorical totally rhetorical i know they'll be crying there so will be crying so you don't have to answer yes no i wasn't gonna answer i knew that it was a rhetorical question yeah yeah but uh yes there will be drama and tears tears, tears like fountains of tears and yes you know i do i do hope that we don't lose book i think that that's too much tears for michael michael's had a pretty hard life uh losing book would be uh a definitely difficult thing but i also don't want to lose any of the crew either so i don't know where to fall on this exactly but uh yes i'm sure that there will be some drama and there will be some tragedy as we meet species and tears and tears 
as we meet species 10C, a, uh, with a, what we know so far as an extra galactical. Correct. Well, yes. All we know. Civilization, something or other. So, mm. uh, we have a lot in front of us. Yeah. Something and, or uh, something or other. And then in just three weeks, we'll have Star Trek Picard. I know. I'm excited for Picard. I hope it's good. I am too. I do too. Uh, might might warrant a rewatch of season one. Uh, might. Ugh. And then there's also a, uh, you know, this in-between seasons audio production oh yes yes the rocking seven one that's uh coming out on february 22nd so i'm excited for that as well and uh happy that star trek is finally joining the world of audio production (laughs) audio dramas great (laughs) cool all right so i think that does it for this episode mike was there anything else No, that's it, everyone. And thanks for listening. We will see you all back here next week on Deep Space Pride. Thanks, everyone. And I will see you sometime, Johnson. Yes, you you will see me. Uh, But in the meantime, yes, bye, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!